to the D word. The D word. What's the D word? Determination. Discovery. Diversity. Disability. With Alex Bella and Rosie. Hi guys, welcome back to the D word. I'm Bella. I'm Alex. And I'm Rosie. And today we're going to be chatting about cycle power, which we have talked about in our sport podcast. But Alex in particular, yeah, yeah, and in particular, Alex has just returned from the 2019 trips. Yes, I have. So I'm going to be interviewing both of the girls about all the trips they've been on, their experiences, and things like that. Let me just start with a funny story. So each year we go to a different place for cycle power and we've started bringing what we call the toilet tent and one time we had the toilet tent and we I didn't realise it was on an angle so I was just sitting on the toilet seat minding my own business doing my business and then I realised that I was on a bit of a hill and the pee was slowly coming back towards me <laughs> it's like a boomerang yeah <laughs> boomerang pee <laughs> So I guess the first question I have for you guys is, can you kind of go into a bit more detail about what Cycle Power is? Yes. So it is a disability sport and recreation initiative. And we travel to a different third world country every year to raise awareness and money for disabled people here in Melbourne and the country that we are visiting. And how long has it been going on for? It's been going on for nine years now. Wow, that's a long time. You just came back, Alex, from your trip about a month ago? Yes, a little bit less than a month, actually, Ah, I think. So where did you go this time? I went to Thailand and Malaysia. So we rode from Phuket to Penang in Malaysia. That sounds amazing. You said it's been running for about nine years? Yes. So where are the places you have been? I've been to Fiji, Thailand, Laos, Cambodia, Vietnam, Sri Lanka, Bali. And Rosie? I have been to Laos, Cambodia, Vietnam, Sri Lanka. Nice. Out of all those, where has been your favourite place? Sri Lanka. For me, it was the Cambodia trip. And why? We did Cambodia and Vietnam in the one year on that trip that I went to. For me, personally... I think I was more physically fit and prepared yeah. that year. And mm. there was a lot less hills. Yeah. It was a lot flatter, which was perfect conditions for me, really. And I got along well with the group and the tour guides. And I really enjoyed the scenery that Cambodia had to offer, especially the temples. I have seen photos of Cambodia. I've never been, but I've seen photos. It looks stunning. Yeah, yeah. And the food. Mm, food's always food. good. Oh, food is so important. Yeah. Also, I think with Cambodia, it was so good as well because last time you guys went to Cambodia, you helped set up the women's basketball team. Yeah, so that was in the first till second year. I unfortunately wasn't a part of those oh, I thought you were. trips. <laughs> no, but we actually got to revisit that women's basketball team hmm. and see how much they've progressed and see what they've been up to and... It was really special, like showing your charity work actually make a difference and actually do something. That's why it was so special to go to Cambodia and see them playing and make sure that they've got all the things that they need. And also how playing sport not only has made them come together, but actually also given them 
work. Money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they money. actually got paid to play wheelchair basketball, which was a great thing because these women were sitting at home because they're disabled, so they didn't really get out much and didn't have much of a life. And now they're out every day playing wheelchair basketball. A lot of them have kids now. So it's opened up a lot of doors. Yeah, it has. It's been really, really good. That's incredible. I'm sure there is a lot of preparation that goes into Cycle Power. Can you go through a bit of what you have to do? So a lot of fundraising. It's probably the worst part. Yeah? Oh, gosh, yeah. For me, because I've done it seven times now, you sort of have to come up with a different idea for fundraising. You sort of can't approach the same people in the same way every year because it will never work and they won't continue to give you money. Haven't I already paid for this last year? Yeah. A lot of people see it as a holiday. Yeah. And I really don't. It's really not a holiday. No, not at all. It's really, really hard. I guess we should probably go into that a little bit about like what you actually do on Cycle Power. We ride pan cycles, Rosie and I. Yep. And so that is a recumbent bike where we have our legs sort of outstretched forward and we pretty much pedal the bike with our hands. And so we're almost lying on the ground. Mm. which in some places, especially Asia, where we've pretty much gone to every year, is really hot and humid. So it can get extraordinarily hot on the rides, especially after lunch. Like roads melting and stuff. Yeah, so you can see the steam sort of rising up on the road. And I almost have to, this is going to sound really horrible, but I have to get a mouthful of water and spit it on myself on each of my limbs to try and cool myself down. Yeah, it's It's that hot. Yeah, it can be really hard sometimes, and you get really dehydrated and sunburnt sometimes. Yes. I've learnt to actually get sleeves, so I have sleeves that I can put on my arms so that I protect the sun. And my hands all blistered up as well. Everybody here, you get a giant blister. Yeah, Yeah. I normally get one on my pinky. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's reoccurring, the pinky one? Yeah. Wow. My next question is, are there any funny stories you can share with us about your travels? Other than peeing coming back at me, not really. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's been some funny moments of weather happening. Obviously in Asia, there's torrential rain and it comes out of nowhere. There was one instance where I was happily riding along with my aunt and she's on a normal bike. And it started raining and I couldn't see anything. All of a sudden, she's calling out to me and I can't see her and bang, I hit her. <gasps> oh my it goodness. wasn't bad. It yeah. wasn't bad. But it's like, oh, found you. <laughs> there you are. <laughs> so there's been a lot of times where we've been at a rest stop even and it's just all of a sudden started torrential raining. We have to sort of duck for cover. Like the time, we've got some really great guides that come with us, like different times. And the one time it was like torrential rain and they had a tarp and they put a tarp over us. Yeah. <laughs> And then I was like, I'm claustrophobic, and I got like, my little face out like tarp so I could breathe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was really funny. Yeah, and then there's times like in Laos, it's quite muddy, and we're going down a hill or a mountain, as mm. Laos is, it's just mountains. It's muddy because of the rain, and with the hand cycles, the water and the mud just splashes up from the wheels. Get all over you. And I came down the mountain. I was covered head to toe in mud. I couldn't see. I remember that. Yeah, it was quite funny. Mm. Quite funny. That was a big bath. 
afterwards. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Also, well, I think not so much a funny story, but going back to what you had to kind of deal with was going to Massachusetts. Laos was, was like camping. Mm. You know, it was really tough conditions. You know, nothing wheelchair accessible. The bathrooms looked disgusting. It was only drop toilet. So when you have a disability and you can't squat, you need to get a toilet chair into everything. And trying to put a toilet chair into a squat toilet is near impossible. Yeah, it's gross and hard. Mm. Yeah, I think we actually ended up having to share a bed yes. in one of the accommodations, <laughs> yes, which did. was interesting because it was a really thin mattress and we sort of just sunk in there. Yeah. And then we had roosters. Oh, at, yes, at we had the roosters from, that were crying. 2 a.m. <laughs> 2 a.m. Oh, yeah. Just making all of the noise. <laughs> it was so bad. We've done a lot of really exciting adventures. <laughs> yeah. Good memories. <laughs> so going on these trips, and going to these countries and being a part of Cycle Power, what kind of things do you think you have to have mentally in order to complete these challenges? Well, you have to have some really good mental health going on sometimes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's really, really bad. Like, you're going up a hill and you're just like, I can't do this. It's just not going to happen. Will someone push me already? <laughs> Why did I say yes to this? <laughs> I don't like exercise. I'm in so much pain. So, you know, it's hot. You just want to stop mm. and you're struggling a little bit. After that, I think I tend to talk to myself in third person. That's okay. And say, you know, we're going to do this. You're doing this. This is happening. You're currently We've doing got it. This. Yeah. We got this. I am a strong, independent woman. Yeah. We're doing this, we're doing this, it's happening, we're almost there, and I will say that for about 20 kilometres. <laughs> yeah, a good, strong mental health is a positive attitude, because as soon as you start thinking negative, you're stuffed. It's always good to have a writing companion as well. Yeah. yeah. I normally have a person with me, normally it's my auntie, because she comes along with me to support me. She normally right beside me most of the time, so it's always good to have someone encouraging you and you're encouraging them and you having a conversation that can be completely unrelated to what you're doing and that can sort of take your mind off things and then there's always the scenery yeah so you just look at the scenery instead of the road because I'm so slow most of the time my things are like looking at a flag in front of me from one of the hand cycles I would just look at a flag and go I'm going to catch up to that flag do not let that flag get out of my view keep following that flag or I used to count like the little signs that have like how many k's or whatever because it's like every time you see one it's at least been one k yeah so I just count them I'm like okay it's done a k okay it's done two k's and then I'm like I'm gonna pretend like I've done 20 now <laughs> When I've done like five and I'm already like, I'm ready to stop. <laughs> it would take a lot of courage to do these kind of trips, especially the traveling. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we all have fun, we all struggle hardcore, but at the end of the day, we're all really, really proud of ourselves. Yeah, should be. Everything that we've struggled with sort of is put behind us, and we're just like, we did this. Yeah, you, you achieved something, we've achieved this huge ass goal. Absolutely. Yeah. So it might all sound really, really negative, but it's really not. No, it's really positive and fantastic. Yeah. Experience. So going on to the more physical side of things, what is on your must-pack list? Sunscreen. Sunscreen. (laughs) You have no idea. Okay. So every year I will come back with this stupid t-shirt tan. What about your glove tan? Oh, the glove glove tan. tan. I wear fingerless gloves. So. I'll have 
a really tanned or sunburnt, I should say, <laughs> forearm. It'll cut off at my wrist and then start at my fingers after my <gasps> It's beautiful. Knuckles. It's just, it's horrendous. It's just not a good look. It's like I've failed with fake tan. <laughs> but it's really red. It's like you, you washed the fake tan off your fingers, but not off your hands. <laughs> so sunscreen is my number one. Especially this year, I got burnt. I always get burnt in a triangle sort of shape on my forearm. Because of the way that I push my hand cycles, the sunscreen rubs off. And I'm left with this triangle on my forearm. It's not a good look. I got some sleeves to try and combat that. They're not a must. Yeah, but then there's a rest day and I get in a boat. I'm on the water and then I'm on the beach. I'm so worried about not getting my legs burnt, so I cover them up. But I don't worry about my arms. And then I come back from the day and I'm red raw. I'm left with the worst t-shirt tan you've ever seen. (laughs) I remember when I was in Fiji not too long ago... I was out by the pool and I was under the shade because I can't feel any part of my leg. I need to be really, really careful because obviously being being someone who can't feel anything, you never know what's happening. We were sitting under the shade and I went out of the shade for literally, I swear, 2.5 seconds to get some chips from the other table. And by the time I'd gone from where I was sitting to where whoever was sitting was sitting, I'd burnt my both my entire leg red raw. And I had sun cream on and everything. Yeah. Did not work. (laughs) Wasn't expired. I love it. Expired sunscreen just doesn't work. (laughs) Uh, I think I learned that lesson as well in previous years. Mm. So I've always got new sunscreen every single year. Mm, No matter how many tubes of sunscreen I have lying around the house. Yeah. I will always get a new one. I manage now. Like when I was young I clearly didn't put sunscreen on, but now I buy a new one every year and I use it all. The next year I'm like, oh, I'll just use the one I bought last year and it's gone. Like there's nothing left in it. It doesn't help that pale is it? Yeah, <laughs> it's anyway. very pale, yeah. <laughs> Especially me. Another must-pack thing is your kettle pack. Going back to the question. Yeah, I strap that to the back of my hand cycle and then feed the tube through my bra strap so that That's I uh, have access to it when I'm riding at all times. It is the greatest thing. Because you don't need to constantly get out your drink bottle. You're just stuck on a tube. You can drink and push at the same time. I know. It's it's a whole new experience for disabled people. Mm, it really is. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that like one of the one things that I wish that I could do is either eat or drink and walk at the same time. Yes. Like, that just looks like so much fun. Yeah. Like in the morning, I'll make myself a cup of tea and then realize I have to carry that to the dining table, but I have to push at the exact same time. So I have to hold a burning mm. cup of tea and try with one hand to push to my dining table. So I concur with that 100%. Like, and somehow you just see people like eating ice creams and walking at the same time. How do they do that? Yeah. Like, I can't, my brain can't even comprehend how that's done. Yeah. I, I, I tried to do that once and the whole ice cream fell off. Yeah. Yeah. I go to the ice cream truck and it's like, cool, I have an ice cream now. I'm going to eat it right here. Stay in one place. <laughs> I'm going to stay in the queue. <laughs> Another thing, personally for me, break cables and, oh, yeah. and tire tubes. Because I went through quite a few over the years. Like, I went through three tubes this cycle power trip. A couple of trips ago, I went through two or three brake cables because they were always done too tight and they kept breaking in really inconvenient places, like hills going down. Very big hills. Yeah, so that was fun. 
Luckily, I have two breaks, though. When one fails, mm. the other one works kind Another of. Another must have is a family member. Some <laughs> <laughs> support. Yeah, because yeah. Alex has her auntie and I have my mum that comes every year. Well, but I mean, everyone's really supportive. Well, yeah. I mean, as Alex was saying before about having people there who encourage you, and mm. that would be very much on my must pack. Yeah. yeah, we're not the only ones that are disabled on the ride. There's always a few more people. Yes, there's a lot of able bodies in the group, but we're all in the same boat. We're yeah. all having the same issues. We're all having blisters on our bums. Yeah, we're all tired. Got heat stroke, heat rash, sunburn. Mm. Want to stop after five k. <laughs> We kind of touched on this before. Alex, I think you did. Has there ever been a moment where one of you has seen maybe a hill or just woken up one day and said to yourself, no, can't do it today? You can't wake up and go, no, I can't do it today because you wake up and you're like, I am in a foreign country. It's happening. So, you know, you wake up and you go... I don't want to, but it's happening. So what have you guys done to kind of get yourself through that mental challenge? Whinge at breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Every morning or at dinner the night before, our guides would come up to us and explain the ride that we're going to be on for that day. Their favourite word. It's a bit of a lull moment every cycle power now because... Every single hill or road is described as undulating. Now, undulating can mean very different things to different people. Yes. Undulating to me is rolling hill, have enough downhill to get uphill, and then it sort of repeats itself. Sometimes they say undulating and it's five uphills in a row and you're like, where's my downhill? I need some momentum to get up the hill it just means a giant mountain sometimes they're really really high hills and you're just like this is not a hill this, this is, is a mountain i'm currently trying attempting and failing and getting pushed up a mountain there's a funny story for you we suck at hills right <laughs> yep. suck massively yep. and every year there is always a big stick now this big stick is held by probably one of the guides because they feel responsible about getting us up the hill they're on their push bike they have this almighty big strong stick and they pretty much poke it in the back of our hand cycle and push it up the hill oh, okay. with a stick. So we're very grateful for the big stick. We're coming up to the end of the interview. I have two more questions for you guys. My first question is, what is the one thing you've taken away from Cycle Power after doing it for however many years? I think the meaning of Cycle Power for me, it's because it's about advocating for disabled people and showing what we can actually achieve and not sit at home on our couches watching our TVs. I guess there's this almost like a stigma around some disabled people, I guess. Yeah. That we're maybe not as capable as able-bodied people. I feel like back in the good old day, people would get into accidents and they'd become wheelchair-bound or something. And their physio or their doctor would say, buy a really comfy couch and a really big TV and you're set for life. That's horrible. Do people actually do that? Yeah. I've actually heard stories of people being told that. Wow. So the fact that we actually are out there and cycling up to 80Ks a day. For you, I'm like more of a 50, 40 kind of girl. (laughs) 35. (laughs) I'd be like 20. (laughs) Strong 20. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'd be like, eight and a half, I'm good. That's, that was me at Lau. I was like, oh, I did 2K. I'm the bus I go. <laughs> no, but I think you should be proud of yourself regardless of what you do. Yeah. yeah. It's an achievement in itself that you got there and that you got on that bike and you even did a couple of kilometres. Mm. Like, that's still something to be so proud of, I think. Yeah. yeah. There was a time in Fiji where it was 91.5 kilometres and it was a hell of a day. There was hills upon hills upon hills. Mm. And I remember it was my dad and your mum pushing me up the hills until about 5.30 at night when we'd actually got into our next hotel. It was a hell of a day and we still look back on that day, but it was so good. There were still some really good memories. Because you did it. You finished it. You, You didn't give up. Like, there was funny moments, there was good conversation, there was songs. Yes, oh, that's another must. You must sing while you're pushing because you just get to a stage where you're just like, I can't do it. And you know that, like, the next, you've got to, like, five case and it's not much, but it's a lot. <laughs> and you're just like, I'm just going to sing. <laughs> and then you can always wash it down with a couple of cocktails. Exactly. Yeah. At dinner. Going back to what Alex said about buy a comfy couch and TV, I think... The culture also in a few Asian countries is that once you've become disabled, you're a burden on your family and they do tend to just kind of lie in bed and not do much. So I think it's really important that we do go over there and not only show people in Australia what we can do, but also the people in these countries what you can do because then they might get a little bit more motivated to actually do something and it's so good for your health so good my last question for you guys is in australia i would say we're pretty wheelchair friendly we can get it has its moments i mean (laughs) as as everywhere has its moments like we're living in an able-bodied world we're disabled disabled people living in an able-bodied world so my question is to you the places that you go to may not be as aware, maybe, or wheelchair-friendly as we are here in Australia. How yeah. do you guys get around the whole, maybe the cobblestones or the hills? Well, at one hotel we were staying at, the way we got around it was actually on buggies. Remember, it was like the longest yeah. trip ever to the front door. There's lots of stairs that happen, and we find that the attitudes overseas are fantastic. They kind of go, oh, oh, you can't get that step and then in front of you you see this wood start coming together and then all of a sudden there's a rat that's being made right in front of you and you're kind of like wow this is incredible because in australia they would be like sauce that costs money yeah where's more money at exactly access can be difficult at times like in Laos, trying to shower but at other times yeah i think attitudes are just a bit nicer and when it comes to accessibility sometimes you just need a good attitude Yeah. Or someone with a good attitude, should I say. I'd always find that they're always willing to accommodate and they always notice that it's not necessarily built for a disabled person. They will find whatever they can and help you out. Well, that's such a great attitude to have. That concludes our interview for this podcast. Thank you so much, you guys. No worries. I highly recommend going on these trips, by the way. It sounds like I've been really negative and really... It's really hard, but it's so good. Well, maybe we should talk just to end the podcast. Let's talk about some of the really good positive parts about it. Like, you create a bond. When you get, like, 12 people all together doing this ride, like, you have to stick together. You can't eat every man for himself, you know? So if someone is struggling, there is people there 
beside you helping you along you get this sense of community and sense of belonging yeah because everyone wants you to succeed and everyone wants you to do your best we've become a family yeah and been really supportive and friendly and everyone gets along with everyone actually this year we had our first vision impaired rider come along for the ride yes so she went on a tandem bike and then she had a person at the front that would tell her what's in front do see her eyes pretty much and that was so good to see because we have never had a vision impaired person come on these rides in the last nine years so it was a whole different experience and obviously there's never been a tandem bike on the trip yeah it was a really good experience and really good bonding time and it shows different disabilities so showing people who might have never seen a tandem bike before met a blind person that's willing to go on a trip before so i think that's really important too getting us out there and not just someone in a wheelchair so many positive things like for instance we're doing responsible travel we're not just going okay we're going to come to this community you know this third world country and we're going to do what we want to do and help you but actually not help we're working with the people that we're giving things to and money to to make their lives a little bit easier like we're not doing a huge change it's more giving people wheelchairs that can't afford wheelchairs yeah we normally find a community or a sporting group in the country that we're visiting and we go and visit them and ask them what they want and give them sporting equipment or wheelchairs or even just money or makeup one ma- yeah makeup and handbags yeah that's all they wanted yeah awesome. the cambodian women's wheelchair basketball team they wanted handbags and makeup so that's what they got perfect amongst other things yeah, obviously yeah. but they were really excited to just get that it's been a really wholesome experience it has so if you want to create real change have a great time be part of a family and challenge yourself, then definitely highly recommend doing Cycle Power. Contact Richard Amon. Oh, Amon. Amon. I'm sorry. I'll put all the information and all the links in our description. Thank you so much for letting me interview you guys about Cycle Power. No worries. It sounds like a great initiative. I have to say I'm really, really proud of both of you for doing it. Like, I haven't been on it, but from what you guys send me, pictures, like updates, all that kind of stuff, it seems like a lot of hard work, but you guys are changing lives. So I'm, I feel like we are. I'm super, super proud of you guys. I just, <laughs> Did you think I'm going to punch you? <laughs> I was going to high five you. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I did a strong muscle and, and Alex looked like she flinched. <laughs> Well, I wasn't sure, and then I was going to high-five her. So, yeah, I'm really proud of you. <laughs> Thanks, Bella. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Bella. I'm Ali. And I've been Rosie. And you've been listening to The D Word. Bye. Bye.